if you say to yourself, I'm going to get there, I don't care what people say, and you say it every day, and you're up and you're saying, you know, you believe in yourself, you absolutely believe in yourself. And I know that's hard to do in this day and age because people don't. You know, people don't actually. The more I look at kids, because I've been a mentor and a life coach for the last four or five years, the problematic area that I see now is that there is a limited self-belief in people now. You know, these kids are really struggling and because they're worried about what other people think, they don't actually feel like, what do I want? And how am I going to go about it? You know, confidence and fear are the two biggest things I think that people are struggling with. I don't know how to start these kind of podcasts, Richie, but you mentioned to me just before we hit record that we keep it authentic. And I feel like that's probably a good guide in life, right? Try your hardest to keep it authentic. And before I ask the first question, Richie, maybe we just stick on that authentic topic. One of those things that everyone says, yeah, I'd love to be authentic, but actually quite tricky because the more you look at it, kind of disappears is that how you would kind of see this world of authenticity yeah i agree well i think um we're governed by what society thinks we should be mm. um and i've never really wanted to be that but you sort of get coerced into that that um, pathway um trying to be what society thinks you should be and i'm i guess when you get older i think you sort of um gain um some mana and, and how you sort of gravitate and be your identity, how you want it to be. Um, so I've always been a, um, in some way a sort of a leader and not been a follower to, to some degree. Um, I, I like to live life on my terms in some degree when I was a young kid. So I think it's sort of been a very value-based system for me and I've, I've stuck to that right through, um, you know, since I was 14. Um, and so I like to live that way. Don't get me wrong, I've, tr- I've tried to be a, the person that I think society wants you to be. You say what you think you should say at times, but um, as I got older, I just went, I don't care anymore. I just want to be so authentic, so real. I want to be, I don't want to be that person where, you know, failure seems to be almost like a, a, a an immobiliser for thing where I think failure, please fail more. I want my kids to fail more because I want to change the narrative around that. You know, and I think school tells you to, if you fail, you're, you're gone. Society, if you fail, that means you're non-existent. Let's change all that. Let's change it. I love that so much what you're saying and I even love it more the fact that this won't play prime time on TVNZ or Sky, it'll play an audience TV to an audience that statistically won't have full access to smartphones and and um, the latest speeds of internet but they got TV and they get to see this broadcast. Now there's an interesting angle that I've been kind of processing myself and it's a kind of kind of deep in the Pacifica realm where we talk about you know, pick yourself up again, fail and pick yourself up. But to go through that in real time is bloody scary. And I'm just wondering how you process, if you do process that kind of tension of the fear, because 
I'm following that journey myself. You know, I've quit the full-time job. I'm following a couple of these leads. I'm trying not to do it recklessly. But I tell you what, you you still wake up with that, ooh, maybe I should just toe the line, yes, sir, no, sir. A really good point, actually, because I had a fear of failure. I had um, a fear of speaking, uh, public speaking, um, to an extent where it was debilitating. Mm-hmm. I had a fear of heights. I was a perfectionist. So when, <laughs> can you imagine all those four? You know? Um, so I understand that really well. Um, and so that's why I've been so determined about trying to support that in a big way because I understand around psychology now um, of how to break those patterns. It's a, it is all a pattern of behaviour. You know, there's a pattern of thought. There's a pattern of how you act in physiology. There's a pattern of um, the meaning behind things and the focus around things. So, And when people realise that there's a pattern of things and you can break that, disrupt it, then – and it's not but, – but people don't know that. So I'm all for that now, and I'm going to absolutely zone in and try to help people with that. Um, and I'm a big believer around – I'm a big follower of Tony Robbins, as you would know, um, and he's the most – amazing guy that could change state, you know, your, your state in the instance, how we, how we make decisions when our state is at right, right? And so I'm a big believer in that and I'm all with what you said before, mate. It is all about that, 100%. Uh, in your opinion, uh, sorry, in your expertise, uh, are we kind of born a certain way? You know, I sometimes wonder – Jeepers, am I like I am because it's just how I am? Is it a little bit of uh, raised, you know, to take on these properties? I've got uh, three kids. I mean, they're all different and beautifully different. But the two boys, you know, only two years apart, gosh, I, I thought I did exactly the same. And just so different. They have their own intricacies. And I'm trying to work out what's, what's, what bits comes from me and what bit just comes from nature. Maybe I'm answering my own question. Maybe it's a mixture. I think you've got it right. It, it is, I think, from zero to eight, the formative years is very important. Now, whether it's from parental guidance and understanding, whether the child is being um, brought up by mother or father or have been influenced by friends, culture, mm. um, religion. Uh, so it's a belief system that they're being brought up. Zero to eight is so important. Formative years are so important. That's where your beliefs come from. And then other than that, you've got your social being, so, you know, from 0 to 8, 0 to 12, 15, and so on. And then you construct things that, you know, when you're young, put it in perspective, when we're young, we didn't give, we didn't give a shit. Things just had, we just were playful, we didn't care, there's no fear, we just did stuff. And then you started to learn things, right? And then someone said something to you and he said, you're no good at that. And then you started to believe that. Your belief system changed and you went, oh, that's right. So an emotion attached to that event that said to you, you're no good. And that becomes real. Then you started to believe it and then there's a stacking of events that happened during that time that reaffirmed it. And that becomes your belief system. You know, the story that you tell yourself. I'm sure you're aware of that. You've, you've done it in your podcast and I've heard you. So the story is so important. Unless you change that story, your belief systems, your identity of who you think you are, you'll stay the same. There is a fear factor. I know that fear is such an immobilizer. And that's 
the governing body, I think, between understanding who you are. Because even I, at times, I remember the fear factor. I, I remember, well, you know, standing up in front of someone and just saying, I'm going to speak. I had so many things questioning of what people would think. I was never good enough. This is ridiculous. I don't want to do this. So if you're telling yourself that, what do you think is projecting out? And unfortunately, I had that in abundance, mate. I, I, I feared it so much. And funny enough, it was only years of experience through rugby league and being in the front of cameras that I understood. But I was still not right. I mean, I had chronic fatigue for 12 years. I had uh, facial injuries and I had experienced challenges. So I had to reinvent myself. I had to rewrite my brain again. You know, it's forever changing and our life will continue to do that. We'll have obstacles in the way. How we get out of it is a different thing, but we've got the tools to do that. And that's what I want to share with people today. I want to share that we can break out of that pattern real quick. Do you think maybe we could just outline a couple principles that maybe you're helping people with? With if you've got that negative mindset, if, if you just can't turn it off, what's one thing you know people can do today to just start that right thing? Because ultimately, what I would like is that people see this and you're an email away, you know, and that's beautiful. We live in that world now where people can contact directly, but it's almost like maybe that fire's put out, and that's our job just to you know a gentle little. Um, gust just to get it going again? A great question. I love that question because I think there's so many, it, it, it spreads wider than, than just simply saying, how can you just give me something? Mm. I mean, there could be limited beliefs around self-sabotage to fear of failure to limited beliefs that could spur on quite a, quite a wide leverage past experience. Um, um, so we've got to deal with certain things in a different way, but ultimately we tend to look at the problem as opposed to the solution. And then we've got to look at it from a positive mindset and say, listen, what do I want and how do I get there? So focus more on the, the solution as opposed to the problem. And generally, most people, I think, generally focus 20% of the problem and 80% on the solution they probably forget. And I think if we can just do that and say, what do you want? What is it that you want out of something as opposed to what do you fear? And if you can get that from a future point of view as opposed to the past, I think we can sort of make some movement. And then you've got to, you know, use incantations, affirmations. You know, your self-talk is very important, I think, in, in my head. You know, like, because constantly you would be left-right as opposed to what could go wrong as opposed to what could go right. Mm. But unfortunately, we seem to weight our stuff on the left, unfortunately. Mm. That's the way our brain works. Our survival mechanism in our brain tells us to think of everything it could go wrong. So we've got to rewire ourselves and wait it the other way and tell ourselves we're good enough. I am this. I am good enough. I am not I think I am. I, I could be this because when you say things like if you're looking at a, a, a communicative point of view where communication is so important and languaging how you do it, when you say, I, I think I could, I should do it, I may do it, means you won't do it. If you say, I must do it, and I'm going to do it, you will do it. And that's dictating your subconscious mind, right? As you would well know about that. You know, and I'm all for that. You know, changing patterns, you did it with uh, ice bars. Yep. So that's why I do ice bars as well. 
I dictate my mind. I consistently will challenge my mind. The five, four, three, two, one thing. You know, when your mind is telling you something you shouldn't do, you just do it within five seconds. Wow. So we, we actually, we've got a way to control our mind, but unfortunately our mind controls us. So let's turn it around. Let's control our mind before it controls us in a short space of time. I love that. All right, quick break. Stay with us, everybody. Richie, I'd love to go in with you on the next segment. Just a little bit about like life before where a lot of us know you from, the league, you know, because it's like it shouldn't time capsule a person. You've got a, you got a whole life there. So stay with us, everybody. Back with Richie Barnett in just a second. Wow, we went straight into it in that first segment. I love that. Yeah. It's like, whoa, just boom, 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 boom. And and I kind of like it. You know, I'm not I don't want to give people an opportunity to opt out. It's like we're in, we're doing this, we're yeah. going deep into into this place. So yeah, Richie, like I mean, one of the kind of pleasures I get in podcasting is you get to talk to people and obviously learn a bit more about who they are, where are they from? Where are you from? Where's your origins? My Faka Pub is from uh, the far north. Mm. So we're you you know, from Napui, uh, Natikahu, Te Apodi, and then from the south, actually. My right. father was from um, Nelson, um, both from Welling families, actually, that were integrated right? from, yeah, from, so I've got um, American Red Indian from both sides of my family. I've realised, I've just understood it in the last three days. Is that, that right? That my Pakia family we're interbred with a whaling family and we've got, yeah, it's, it's quite amazing. So I can see that desire and that will to um, succeed and, you know, we've, we're pretty aggressive um, humans, you know, like we, we really are our family. We're just, we go, we're go-getters and I, and I can understand where that's from now. So my family out from North, you can see the chisel bone from the um, American Red Indian. Yep. Look, it's unbelievable. So the young you, uh, are you your curiosity, your you know willingness to try? Is this a family thing? You know, have they passed it on to you, or is this kind of within the young Richie? It's a really good point, actually, because my mother was a caring mother. My father was a very sporting father. Mm. Then I had a stepfather during that period where um, he left early. So my both brothers left quite early and, and I was left as the youngest of my family. So I think in essence, you've, we've got to go back to that core root um, timeline mm. and understand what that looks like. So for me, it was a poor kid that um, lived with a great family um, environment, unfortunately left um, two of your, your brothers that were close and then you got two step brothers who I think you're just brothers anyway, but that's how, if you want to gear it that way, who lived up far north. Mm. And so... I had a, quite a separated uh, path with my my brothers. You know, it was quite disappointing because I used to hear their um, engagement, how good they were down south. They used to be so good at sports. So I used to hear that my brother was the best in this and that. And so, for me, looking from my eyes out, I'm going, "Far out! It's amazing." You know, like Colin Mead said, he's going to be an All Black at 14, and. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be going, wow, and we're both from rugby backgrounds and my dad was so full on with rugby and rugby league and boxing and cricket, named us after cricketers. You know, uh, Richard Rowan Gaviscar to um, Gary Garfield Sobers to Wesley Winfield. You know, you, you couldn't ask for a, a better uh, sporting environment. But then I, 
I grew, I was quite focused. I, I didn't realize that I was so focused on what I wanted. I didn't want to be, when I look at society, I, I, I went, I wanted more. You know, well, I wanted more. And I, I, I found a way and I was so laser focused that it was ridiculous because I actually constructed a vision and I didn't know what a vision was. Mm. I just looked at it and went, well, how do I get there? So I loved rugby. I was a mad rugby fan, cricket, softball, basketball. I was close <laughs> to going to basketball at a high level. Um, touch rugby, obviously, with New Zealand. Uh, rugby, I was really good at that. And league, I just loved it as well. So I had to make a decision at seven or eight. And then I made a decision that rugby league was sort of my my way, my vehicle out. And then what I didn't know was that I constructed something when I was about 14. I wanted that. I love that. I love rugby league and I love Winfield Cup. So how do I get there? So I basically, my whole room was littered with rugby league photos of the Winfield Cup. Right? Wow. So visually, yeah, visually. As we all know, visually aspect was there in my face every morning. I got videos which used to be that you if the only way they watch rugby league, NRL, Winfield Cup, was to get videos every month. So you used to go down to the video store and just watch a whole month of rugby league. So visually I saw it on my wall was there, reading books about how they trained and the best in the world, which was Aussie. I used to read all that and I used to do stuff like that. So I used to wake up at five thirty, run every morning at five thirty AM. I used to swim um, 1.5K, run around the basin, which is about, you know, three, and then do a bike ride for 10K. So I would construct stuff like that. Wow. Where, you know, people were, my mates were, oh, well, great. Like, I'd do that, but they were going, you're mad. You know, you're mad what mm. you're doing. And I said, yeah, but I've got a point. And they'd laugh and they sort of say, you'll never make it. One, mm. one, one did. And I, but I was so determined. And I had failures. I had failures along the way. I wasn't big enough. I was determined enough. I was disciplined enough. I was courageous enough. And that's what got me through, mate. Sorry, I'm just putting a light on me because I'm looking like a horror story as the sun goes down. Um, ah. There we go. Wow, wow. So that the the you know, there's more than just the young boy putting up posters. I've heard Arnold Schwarzenegger talk about that. You know, he had the the um, everyone lining on the wall. He was getting that positive affirmation all of that time, and I love that. I love that. I kind of think it's probably fair to maybe assume that you can get there visually with your ears, you know, with the touch and, and maybe that's where all of these things, I guess what I'm saying, Richie, is that sometimes I realize it's actually quite simple. You've just got to take time to put the right things in front of you. And then when I do say that, it's like everyone says, you got to have balance in life. Yeah, but try it. Stand on one foot. It's hard. You know, you can fall over quite easy unless you do it every day, do it every day. Well, I'm, I'm a big fan of right. So, uh, the more you say you will do something, you will, you will do it. So for me, it's if you're a learner, depending what style of learner you are. So I'm an NLP practitioner. So for me, it's most of it's um, around visual, auditory, and kinesthetic learning. So if you put something in someone who is a learner of kinesthetic, you've got to feel it. You've got to know what you are. If you're visual, then you've got to put it up on the wall. So if you've got an abundance of three of those, four of those, um, senses or five of those, these five senses, then you will just sort of, then you you sense it, you hear it, you feel it, you're around it, 
you're going to get it, right? And if you say to yourself, I'm going to get there, I don't care what people say, and you say it every day and you're up and you're saying, you know, you believe in yourself, you absolutely believe in yourself. And I know that's hard to do in this day and age because people don't. You know, people don't actually. The more I look at kids, because I've been a mentor and a life coach for the last four or five years, the problematic area that I see now is that there is a limited self-belief in people now. Mm. You know, these kids are really struggling and because they're worried about what other people think, they don't actually feel like, what do I want and how am I going to go about it? You know, confidence and fear are the two biggest things I think that people are struggling with. You know, you talked about fail quick and then get back up or something to that effect that the, the the people you're talking about, the kids, you know, actually all of us, that we've all got these us. cruisy lives, so much so that our resilience is not where it needs to be, so that when we do come crashing down, it's extra hard to get back up. Is there something in that? Oh, absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. Oh, mate, it's a great point you, you brought up because I think the fact that um, whether you're, you know, I see it, I see it firsthand mm. where um, parents are giving their kids everything and it's actually backfired big time. And I, yeah. you know, you don't build the resilience. Um, you're actually giving those kids rewarded for nothing. Mm. You're rewarding their behaviour for for no uh, action. You know, so when you're doing that all the time, they're building, you know, that dopamine system that says keep going, keep doing that. And then what happens when that's cut off? They react differently. Yep. They're not getting it, and then they react in a poor way. So what do they do? They go off and do shit that is really bad, mm. trying to get their parents' affirmation for that, their, their parents to say, oh, you're okay. So, yeah, I see that it's a common thing. It's a common thing. So we've just got to be quite balanced in the approach, but not give our kids everything. They've got to work. They've got to work like we did. You know, like in our day, we've actually had a, a pattern that was perfect. You worked hard, you didn't get anything, um, and you worked hard to try and get it. Now it's just given because, and, and I've done that too. Well, I've, I've done that with my kids, but luckily we've had a balanced approach from both our parents. Not one, no, one's not giving, and one's sort of going, yes, I want to do that. And the parent goes, <laughs> no, I want to do this. Hell no, we'd be consistent. Both of our parents, both my wife and I have been really consistent, and I think that's the, really the key. Yeah, that's great. Richie, we go to another break. When we come back, it'd be amazing to kind of, we kind of uh, gently went through, you know, young you. I want to skip past the footy. I think that's been archived for hours and hours. Anyone can go back and find your story. I'm interested in things like your last game. Is that locked in your mind somewhere? What did you do the following day? So stay with us, everybody. If it's okay with you, Richie, we'll come back and um, dive into that. back as the as the sun goes down I'm going to have to pull this light closer to me but I'm um, just trying yeah. to not look like um, Freddy Krueger from Nightmare on Elm Street uh, Richie so last game do you remember that? Yeah it was, it was during it was Hull FC I think and I, I it's hard for me to remember because I had chronic fatigue during right. my um, three years um, my last three years so it's really hard for me because of chronic fatigue you get um brain fog and you can't remember things. Is that right? Um, so 
I remember I left on a note, but then I had to give up. So I had to make a decision that my health was more important than mm. continuing on. So although I played on, it was amazing. Like I, I look at it now and go, how did I do that? How did I do that? Because I get people all over the world talking to me about chronic fatigue mm. and how their life's changed and, you know, can you help me and can we have a discussion about it? You know, I had one guy today just saying, listen, my life's, mm. it's, I don't know how, I, I don't know how to deal with this. And um, so I I'll always give my time, you know, yeah. that's, I always will give that because I understand how that, that feels and, and how that looks. So whatever I can give, I'll, I'll give. It's really difficult, and it's probably the hardest thing I've ever, ever had to endure. Wow. Uh, 12 years of it, I got out of it, thank thank God. But um, it's taught me a whole lot of lessons. Jeez, mm. I'm resilient. And mm. when I came out of that, uh, particularly from my head injury, and I had that real bad injury, and then from there I had you know, chronic fatigue. So I've, I've gone through a heck of a lot. So i I got a really good understanding of what that looks like. You know, like I'm not one that's saying it, but a freaking hell I've been through a lot of stuff. But I look back and I go, wow, I've had to endure a lot. And I like that's why I like to do what I do now because I know how important it is, the empathetic view on, on what people are going through. And that's why I'm doing the things I do. Well, and, and can I follow up, Richie, by asking like about belief structures? Because it's something that, you know, I kind of thought that I'm someone who's, you know, maybe logical and I'm just after the how does A fit to B and stuff like that. But I had some moments end of last year where I had to kind of sit down and say, Oh yeah, I'm not control. I'm not in control of everything. I can control a little bit, and I don't really know what I was up to in that kind of thought pattern. But in essence, it was something like, "Look, I might just say maybe it's could be classified as a prayer." But I was outsourcing. You know, I was like, "Gosh, I don't know exactly what the next step is here." And I thought to myself, "That's interesting because." Uh, you know, I believe in things like karma and find the groove and find the flow. Yet when it comes to my belief structure, I've got to be rigid. Have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, it's a subconscious pattern, right? That's entrenched and mm. um, it's automatic. So you, as much as you're acutely aware of consciously what you're thinking, and, and that's the, I think that's a great start that you, you are acutely aware of it. Mm. Then it's trying to deal with your subconscious mind because that's, as we know, 90% of control of how we think and our behaviours. So then you go back to the go, what is the learnings we can't? So NLP is pretty much they go back on a timeline therapy situation. So we go back in time and then what do we learn from that? Then we take the past into the present, take the learnings from the past build it to the now, and then move on. So in an essence, in a short space of time, that's how we deal with it um, because the past doesn't equal the future. But unfortunately, we're tied by emotional um, situations. So emotion in the past connected to an event. So for instance, someone said to you, uh, you are hopeless, you're disgraceful, you'll never make anything of yourself. So you're tied in emotion that someone said something to you and then you hold that for the rest of your life. So that's real. That's real. So it stays in your subconscious and it carries to the present and to the future. So the only way to do that is to water that down. 
And so there's ways and tools to water that down and break that out. And so it doesn't look like it's so real and so uh, today. Mm-hmm. And we can do things like that. And that's the way we work with people, um, and particularly how I work with it. I wonder why, you know, we all know it's complicated and there's, you know, ebbs and flows. But on mass, we all walk around like it's straightforward and we're just supposed to be these beings who, you know, turn up to work and go home. But, you know, I look at things like the the high suicide rates and stuff and I'm like, man, that's a signal that something's not right, you know? And I think it's just so overwhelming for people to even dabble even culturally, you know, how we, how do we talk about these kind of things? So I hope what we're simulating, you know, is that, you know, <clears throat> well, maybe another way to say it is, did you, did you, people in your family talk like this? You know, how come we can sit here in 2021 and have these kind of emotional discussions? Life gets so busy. You wear so many different hats. And I think the situation now where life was so different back 20 years ago, where mum and dad used to be together as a unit. Dad used to go, mum used to stay home and look after the kids. Now it's different. You know, we've got two parents working long hours, yeah. uh, wearing different hats in terms of uh, community-based, religious-based, um, father, um, brother, um, you name it. And so we're trying to deal with so many things that we're getting scouted. And the thing that people don't realize is that we're not looking after ourselves. We're not putting that oxygen mask on ourselves to go downtime. Let's be in the present or what they call mindfulness to sit there and have that time where you can just cloud it out. Think we'll just have that minute. And people go, if you haven't got freaking five minutes, 10 minutes of your day, then we've got an issue, right? We all got 10 minutes a day just to calm down and just meditate or whatever it is, breathing. And I love the breathing aspect, mate. I'm a Wim Hof maniac, awesome. right? Awesome. So I'm an ice bath. I'm an ice bath person too. I'm a cold shower dude every morning because I want to break that pattern. Because what people don't understand, it's all a pattern of behavior. Yep. You know, we live life. We we go from A to B and we do things methodically. There's a pattern, a pattern of uh, anger, a pattern of happiness, a pattern of uh a dis- disgruntedness. So until you know what the pattern is, and we don't know that because it's subconscious, you've got to break it. Um, and there's ways of doing it. And and I do that specifically because I understand that. So I'll do it. I'll wake myself up tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. I'll do the Wim Hof breathing, and I will get in the shower, and I'll do, do some work. So that's my pattern. All right? I'll disrupt it because I know I'm not – I'm going to control how my, my brain works. I'm in charge of it. It's not in charge of me. You know? Yeah. And that's, I think that's the, the learning that we've got control and power over our brain. And if we're not, then it's, they're in control of us. But the thing is too, also, is that we give different meanings to things. So we've got two different meanings, you know, like, um, is it, are we looking at the past? Are we looking at the present or the future or we're looking at um, what we're missing or what we've got? So if we look at stuff like that, there'd be quite different meanings to it. So if I'm looking at things that I've lost as opposed to what I'm grateful for, quite different meanings Mm -hmm. and a quite different feeling and a quite different outcome. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the – I think when I look at that, we gravitate more to the left because that's our survival brain. We always go to the left. 
as opposed to right, mm-hmm. what I'm grateful for, what can I learn from there, what's the meaning behind it. Actually, I could look at it and go, well, I've had disappointment, but what can I learn from that? Well, it makes me a stronger person. Um, I understand I'll never go there again, but I can learn from this as opposed to the mindset where, oh, my life's over, I'm never going to be good enough, and you're gone. So these two different angles to look at things, and I think that's the key. That's um, it's the key, mate. Okay, last break, and when we come back, you kind of hinted at it with the Wim Hof breathing. I was wondering if we might be able to go through what a routine looks like for you in a day, you know, and just um, just to give people, you know, like we can sometimes fall into the habit that we talk, 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 and then I'm like, what? What do I do if I want to start that tomorrow? Because I can do a cold shower, I can I can do some breathing, but then what's the rest of the day? So um, yeah, stay with us. And uh, as I turn into just ahead in the in the darkness here, back with Richie Barnett in just a second. So Richie, uh, kind of the the idea that comes to mind is when you do the cold shower in the morning, when you do the breathing, you a little bit disrupt the brain, you control the monster if you like, you make sure you let the whatever know that you're in charge. Would that roughly be right? Yep. I'm in control of the mind. So I, you know, pretty intentionally I, I get up. So the last 10 days, because I'm going through a cleanse detox program, right? Wow. So with my company, which is the um, health organization called Juice Plus, yep. so they have a mindfulness thing, but I am really really involved in how that works. I've always been a mindset person. So, and I've studied it a lot lately. And um, so I'll always think, you're not going to beat me. I'm going to get up. So intentionally, I say in the next 10 days, I'm going to get up every day. Five o'clock, I'll do the Wim Hof bread. 5.30, I'm going to have a cold shower. I'm going to work for a little bit, but I'll always do the apple cider vinegar. I'll always have my smoothie with the whole beautiful stuff in it. And from then on, it's it's work. You know, habitual stuff, routines, habits. You know, we all know that. Creating habits. You know, your habits really dictate who you are. What if you're not happy with those habits? Like, yeah, I guess I'm thinking like uh, – you know, maybe you're a bit anxious about going to work, there's something going down, or, you know, maybe another way to say it is, look, if you've got a hands-on job, if you've got a factory job, all of these things still work, don't they? Getting up and controlling that that monster within all still serves you through the day, right? Yeah, they do. And I think with people that have got a lot of stuff on the plate, so I think everyone's got the time, the resource and time. Um, I think that's the only measure we can ever get, right? Mm. You know, so we've all got 24 hours. How do, you, how do you utilize that? And I think, to be honest, I think a lot of people book around, um, they haven't got enough time, but they could spend three hours on their phone. Yeah. You know, I think excuses are a really big thing for mediocre, uh, mediocrity. Um, if you really want to do things, you'll do it. You'll find a way. You know, you'll, you'll get up at five. I don't, I don't, I don't, should I get up at five? No. Why would you get up at 5? Why do people get up at 5 a.m.? It seems to be the next big thing of getting up at 5 a.m., right? Because they're, they're disciplined in their mind. I'm going to get up at 5 because I know I've got three more hours than anyone else. <laughs> but then people go, I haven't got enough time, but they'll get up at 8 and then have breakfast and they're out and work at 9. So 
what is it really, you know, what is it really that you want? You know, you can make time, you can access time. It's just your own beliefs that this is how it's going to work. Yeah. And then that's what I'm talking about, the identity and that belief system and that story that you tell yourself, I'm not big enough, I'm not smart enough, I'm not brave enough, I don't have much energy, um, all that stuff that we tell ourselves and then we've got to rearrange and uh, rewire that story to a real empowering one, and to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, what I'm kind of constantly surprised with is the lack of anyone saying anything to like this. You know, I I need uh, Richie Barnett to say it, but I need Richie McCaw to say it too. I need everyone to talk like this, you know, like it's it's one thing to lead. And I kind of imagine it's, uh, well, it's not imagining. If I, I can love my children, but if I never said it to them, it doesn't really exist. You can't just act everything out. You know, it's not follow me on the field all the time. It's like, yeah, tell me the way to do it. Yeah. This, that kind of uh, teach a person to fish, you know, I think part of it is explaining it. (laughs) It's a conditioning response, you know, like, you know, the Pavlov way of thinking, you know, like bark, 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 and you anchor a situation. Mm. Um, It's the same thing. So if you tell yourself more than not, about how good you are. And it's not going over the top. I just mean if you go, yeah, I'm going to get up tomorrow, I'm going to make sure I do this because the intention in your head, you're premeditating that next day you're going to do it. So guess what? The next day you're actually going to do it. You know, you're not. So the language is really important in NLP. So so NLP means that, you know, when you language stuff, as I said before, is that I think I might get up tomorrow night. You know what? Um I may be determined to get up and do stuff tomorrow. I don't don't know. But if I said to you, guess what, Will? I'm going to get up tomorrow morning at 5 a.m. and I'm going to command that I do get up. And guess what? That is different. You know, like that's the state change I think that um, the Tony Robbins methodology he works with, which is the triad or the five to thrive. Mm. So I'm always working off that because I believe in that model and it's so real. In fact, Harvard University did a study on that and it's true. So if people don't realize that Tony has got a method that really works and because he's not a loud American, he understands that physiology changes everything. As we know, change your physiology, change your way of thought Mm. and feeling, you know, and what you focus on and the meaning you give it, then you've got a state change, which is just empowering, you know. And then you've got to have, um, you know, your identity sorted of who you think you are and then a really powerful where do you want to be? What do you want? How do you want it? So if you've got that right in that five to thrive situation, then you've got the power to do something. I absolutely love that. I love that. Um, Richie, I'll... I'll I've heard that many times and I'm someone who kind of like, if I probably go back through the podcast, I've been told, you know, the meaning of life a million trillion times, but it needs to make sense to me. And the thing about NLP is I know um, that I need to talk to myself in a certain way. I've even done it in the podcast opposite where I said, oh, look at me, I'm like a monster, you know, stuck here in the darkness. But that even starts to sink in. So I've, I've tried to be, I've still tried to find my, uh, my way with this. And I actually uh, found a lyric in the, uh, I think 
I don't know if he wrote it, but Johnny Cash sings a song, I Won't Back Down. And there's a line, you can stand me up uh, to the gates of hell and I won't back down. So I thought to yeah. myself, hey, maybe that's an example. I'll just listen to that every day. And I, the goal will be sing along to that. And so everyone looking in just sees Will singing. They're not like, oh, he's conditioning his mind. Do you think that could be like a little hack where if you're not if you're not feeling tough enough, find that positive bit in the song you love and just put it on loop? That's definitely, I think, an anchoring, we call it, mm. where you find your own anchor that um, you'll find that change that pattern. And I think music is perfect, yeah. perfect. You know, it could be either, you know, when I look at um, people that speak and you see them speaking, at an event, and it'll be either they're doing this, or they're doing that, or that, and it's a behaviour. Yeah. So, so basically, you're right. So it's trying to find disrupting that pattern. So whether you stand taller, as we say, with physiology, which is the key thing, you know, focus and meaning, and creating that state. So you got to break that pattern of doing this all the time to standing tall with your shoulders back, because yeah. that's the power pose, right? As we know. And if you do a power pose, ridiculous as it sounds, um, that'll change, your, it'll lower your cortisol by 20%, higher your testosterone, and then you're probably 30% more um, ability to action that. So that's the study it's been now, just by merely doing this. But it's more than just the, the physicality or the physiology to stand like that. It's your tonality. Yes. It's your posture. It's your 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 volume and how you speak. Like, for instance, now I'm, I've got such power in how I, I speak. That's why Tony does his mm-hmm. thing. Mm. And that changes your biochemistry and how to change things. But it doesn't take one time to do it it's like a muscle going to the gym and you're working out you get stronger and you build a muscle it builds a muscle in your nervous system yeah. you know nervous system change neural pathways so you can change the way you think by merely doing this regularly every day so you're not going to say richard you are amazing you know that affirmation may not work incantations will work you know we're going i'm going to get it you know doing the um where they do anchoring, where Tony Robbins does an anchor, where he goes, oh, I'm going to do it now, right? And he does it. So we did a big thing, right, when uh, the UPW, where we walked over um, hot coal, and 8,000 people did it on that day. Right, and so you can think of it, 8,000 people with limited beliefs, uh, confidence levels, lack of, everyone walked over those hot coals, merely by changing their biochemistry, by believing themselves, creating this mindset. A massive. So I've never been to an event that 8,000 people did something that I never thought they'd ever do. So I think he may be right in what he does with 50 million people and the way he changes it. Mm. But I take his methodologies in a big way. But I also think there's other ways of um, changing things too. He's not the only one, but he's – also worked off guys like Jim Rohn and, you know, from past experiences and he's combined it all and then you take what he can give and you give yourself to it too. So I'm all belief in that. Man, I love that. Powerful way to finish, Richie. Thank you, man, for gifting us with your time. Thank you for serving the Pacific people. You know, I really, it might be a bit cheesy from my end, but I love the fact that on a little Pacific Island channel, being broadcast here and to some of the Pacific, that 
will be talking like this, you know, that it's not the traditional uh, broadcast. It's something else. And I love being in that space. And I love that you, um, well, you know, I I had organized to be on the podcast with you and didn't show up. Yeah. And I was like, oh gosh, sorry, man. So I gingerly came back and, and we're doing it. So, hey, just before we finish, Richie, um, best way people can contact you if they wish to learn more, to work with you, to share your story with their friends, how can they do that? Yeah, Um is my website. Um, yeah, and I just, like, listen, I'm, I'm just grateful that people like yourself, Will, who can get on and open that door because I know how hard that can be too. Mm. You know, you're, you've got such a lot of information. It's not easy to do this. Mm. So I'm, I'm just grateful that you're op- open the door with a lot of knowledge sharing this information because it's all about knowledge sharing yep. and I mate awesome work man I love your stuff oh, thanks and brother with, and I'm with you, bro. yeah man that's awesome awesome well next step is uh, me and that nephew of yours Aaron we should all catch up do some breathing do some sauna do go. some cold bath yeah. and uh, and we'll make it a podcast so we'll wrap it here brother thank you very much mate we'll touch base soon eh oh, you go, brother awesome see you bro